Welcome back to another episode of the Affiliated Podcast. Uh, if you are a frequent viewer or listener of this podcast, you're probably like, who is this guy? Uh, my name is Kyle Meredith. We have a minimum requirement of one Kyle per podcast episode. <laughs> so if you don't get Kyle Kostecki, you're going to get me. I am joined by my amazing co-host here, Thomas McMahon, a.k.a. Seth Rogen, a.k.a. <laughs> Rogan Josh. Oh, yes, Good Rogan Josh. I forgot about, forgot about that guy. I know. Yeah. LinkedIn comment yeah. or that YouTube comment yeah. will live in infamy. How are you doing today, man? I'm doing great. Sorry for being late. I'm glad I'm here. That's okay. Uh, We have a very special guest today and a super cool topic to really be able to dive deep into. So uh, today we're going to be talking about how a platinum affiliate would um, approach ad buying if they were starting over today with only a $1,000 budget. Uh, And we are going to be joined by the amazing Isaac Kevelson. Thanks so much for joining us, Isaac. How are you doing today? Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Of course. We, Isaac and I just actually finished speaking on stage for the first time, too. So, bundle of nerves all of today. So This will be easy. Yeah. That's why we, <laughs> we had to pull in Thomas for the clutch support on this. So I'm going to be taking copious notes because all I have is $1,000 right now. So be, <laughs> oh, yeah. beautiful. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Don't tell my wife. Yeah, yeah. things are dire. <laughs> yeah. And just to provide some context, right? Well, why did we pick $1,000? is a little bit arbitrary. Why did we pick that? Um, you you can have any amount of money to try and start affiliate marketing, right? Depending on your strategy and what you want to do, if you want to buy paid ads or you have no budget at all and you need to go an organic route, um, right? the number can be a total variable. But realistically speaking, how would an expert affiliate approach running a lean operation like a lot of uh, beginning affiliates want to do? So we picked $1,000 and Isaac's going to kind of break down his strategy and his approach to make the most of that. So, um, so jumping into it first, um, Isaac, do you want to give a little bit of background on you? What makes you Isaac? Sure. Yeah. So, um, I've been a platinum affiliate working with ClickBank for, uh, four years in a row, I think. Nice. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I run paid ads on social media, uh, mainly Facebook. But I am curious if you only had a thousand dollars to go with, like, I can think of a dozen different traffic sources I could throw that money at and probably light it on fire. Like, where would you start with with $1,000? Like, what traffic source, what ad platform, I assume you're going to say? Like, where would you go with that? Yeah, yeah. Well, I would avoid native just because that's really expensive. Avoid native? Um, And then I guess it's really between search and social. And, I mean, I I personally like social because um, I, I, I like playing to my strengths and um, you can leverage being, if you're good at making ads, right? Like, like as opposed to, to search traffic, um, there's no like creative piece to it. Right. Um, and, and I think that's kind of my strong suit is, is making ads. And so I have leverage in doing that. Right, so are you doing like a video or image or a bit of both or. Yeah. I like videos better cause you can, you can pre-sell them before they even click off with Facebook. Okay, and then that, yeah. was, that was my follow-up to the social piece. Is that Facebook you're talking about? Is there any other yeah, social well, you'd throw yeah, in Yeah, Facebook's there? the biggest, and that's what I yeah. focus on. So is there, because, right, Facebook's been, how we say, tumultuous? Yeah, well, since, since the whole iOS 15, yeah. 14, whatever number it was. Even before uh, that. Yeah. Like, so what I hear about Facebook all the time is like, hey, ad costs are going up. It's more expensive. Tracking is really tough now. Like, is that something 
when I say that to you talking about this kind of limited budget, is that something that people should be conscious of, scared of, be aware of? Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's always volatility, mm -hmm. but I don't think that's exclusive to Facebook. Um, and the way I look at it, like there, there could always be changes, you know, this, uh, Apple has this privacy change, anything like that, that, you know, now the algorithm's less efficient. Um, and so same cost, less efficient algorithm, um, worse results for advertisers. Um, or CPMs are rising, uh, but that just means there's more competition. Regardless, though, the way I look at it, it's there's always some, someone winning because um, it always it comes it comes back to supply and demand, right? Like, if if it wasn't working, people wouldn't be running ads, and then the price of ads would drop, and and then it would be easy to make it work. Yeah. <laughs> so it's self balancing in that way. So you just have to be like better than average. Like your ads just have to be better than average. Um, and it, it will always work because it will always work for some people, right? It's never not going to work for anyone because if it's not working for anyone, no one will be scaling ads and ads will become really cheap and then yeah. it'll become then it will easy work, to right? yeah. ads. <laughs> That's a really interesting way to think about it, though. You just have to be better than average. Yeah, exactly. I like that. I, like I think I'm maybe better than average. Questionable. Because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, gosh, how many times have you heard, Kyle, that X thing doesn't work, right? Oh, totally. But then you know dozens of people that are making it work. It's like, yeah. Well, maybe it's not the thing that doesn't work. Maybe it's you. Yeah. Mr. Person look in the mirror. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, I love the, the way that you approach like how you would pick your traffic source, right? Because if you have a limited budget, you can do paid ads or you can do organic content. Organic content is longer tail. You're going to have to be really consistent with it. And sometimes you might have to be the, the face of your content. Right. Um, but the approach to determining which traffic source you want to pick is based off of like what your what your goal is like what do you want your affiliate marketing business to look like for the long term yeah basically like just don't pick a super expensive platform like i know youtube is, is more expensive than facebook so you know as far as social sources like if you're limited on budget you'll, you'll get statistically significant data for cheaper on facebook so and and then obviously like if you're limited on budget don't do native um but yeah i think that's pretty much it like every every traffic source will work you got to just play to your strengths and what's best for your situation. Yeah, thanks, I love that. Um, so now that we have your traffic source identified, right, and how your approach to picking that would be, when you're running on a lean budget, what tools are vital? What aren't vital? What would you invest in? Honestly, nothing is really vital. Like, the only thing that's vital is is, is ad spend. Like, you, mm -hmm. you need to be able to test. Um, I mean, the only, the most important thing is, is probably like a landing page software. Um, yeah, I mean, third-party tracker, that's great. More accurate tracking, but not entirely necessary. I sometimes don't even use mine out of laziness. Like, just, just like, when <laughs> I... Yeah, if you're focusing on one traffic source, I don't think you really need a third-party tracker as much, right? If you're, yeah, well, they're, they're yeah. basically a lot more accurate. Like, okay. like Facebook's pixel, especially after iOS 14, um, it's just way less accurate. So, mm. but it's still, like, it's, it's good enough, you know? Like, if you're trying to save money, you don't need a third-party tracking gotcha. tool. Yeah. So, what, you need to obviously probably... Or, sorry, are you hosting, would you be hosting a bridge page before sending the offer? Or are you linking direct? So it depends. You you could link direct, but you'd want to get a custom domain from the the advertiser. So for a new affiliate, they probably won't have access exactly, to that, right? Yeah. So, you're so, probably so in that case, you'd probably want a landing page builder. But what you can do is there there are websites where you could buy like a lifetime access to, um, like one is, is AppSumo. AppSumo? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, and... You could you could buy like fifty bucks and have the landing page builder for life. Um, that being said, I don't know because they're usually like startups. That's why the deals are so good. 
So it I might be like pretty buggy. It, is it system.io or whatever? It's like a free landing page builder. I've seen a lot of newer mm. affiliates using. Cool. No, I haven't heard of it. I but if it's free, why not? Like, yeah. I guess the downside is it might like suck, but <laughs> yeah, I was gonna save say that, money that's for the ads. downside for using like Wix is Wix allows you to create websites for free, but the amount of support you get for like page load speed and stuff like that is just really low. Can be great if you don't have a budget. It's something you want to graduate from pretty quickly. So the environment would be great, but is it better than learning HTML? Yeah. Probably. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, I guess that's another solution. Just learn how to code. Yeah. Well, now, with, now with ChatGPT, you could probably just ask it to build you <laughs> oh, yeah, all totally. the code for yeah. a landing page, and all you have to do is pay for hosting. I've yeah, so you buy a domain. That's, let's say, $12 hosting, yeah. whatever that, and maybe that's included into your page builder, whatever you're using, right? So but some degree, you're going to have to take some of that $1,000 and put it towards your infrastructure, we'll call it for what domain and hosting and page building is that the bare minimum yeah that's 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 probably the bare minimum yeah just save as much as you can for ads for sure okay yeah in your experience when you actually you know when you first started out four years ago were there any tools that you maybe you took a course or something like that and they hyped up certain tools that you thought would be way more valuable than they turned out to be for you uh yeah i mean i i think i Every I took some courses and they they all kind of really pushed like tracking tools, which which is great, but like it's not necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, number one would probably be spy tools. Now now like be like a few years ago, it was more worth paying for spy tools at least on Facebook ads, but now Facebook.com/slash/ad/slash/library, the best spy tool in the game. <laughs> yeah. So Can you talk you, about that a little bit more for people that have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. So <laughs> Facebook is just very like open with any, any advertiser. You could see all their ads. Um, just go to facebook.com slash ad slash library and you could see anything and you could search for ads and, and find advertisers that are running ads. Cause I, I, yeah, I usually back into it when I see an ad I like and I'll go to that page and look at their ads library that way, but you can just go to that URL and just start searching. Yeah. And I know that. That's I mean, cool. yeah, some, <laughs> some some spy tools like they're they're good. They're useful. Like they have they're specially designed to find like affiliate ads. But if you're trying to save money, it's not necessary for sure. I'm curious on your take because right, I've it seems like the spy tool topic is a bit contentious, right? Because you've got some people use spy tools and they just copy paste, right? And they see an ad that's running, they'll just rip it and run it kind of thing, which can hurt everyone else running that ad because it yeah. takes it a lot faster. Um, how did, like, what would you tell someone who's starting out and like, they want to use spy tools, they want to get inspiration, but they don't want to plagiarize, right? Like, how are you taking inspiration from the ads and then yeah. making it your own? Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely not a big fan of ripping and running. Mm-hmm. Um, really, so obviously if, if someone's scaling, right, you're seeing their ads all, all over they, they on the ad library, it seems like, you know, they have a lot of active ads running that, that have been active for a while. They seem to be scaling. Um, so it's working, right? So you want to model it in some way. So, you know, maybe you can make very similar ads. Like maybe their angle is why it's working, right? So you could make different creatives, but same angle or very similar angle. Um, maybe it's there's some sort of pattern interrupt that's particular to that creative that you can model that pattern interrupt. And, yeah, it's it's it's. I really just believe in, in you know, putting your own style to it and, I don't think there's anything wrong with modeling what's working. Yeah. I think the key frame there, right, is it's important for somebody. The downside of ripping an ad that's working and let's say it works for you is you don't necessarily understand why it worked. 
So it's about understanding the psychology. If you want to have long-term success as an affiliate, really try and understand, like Isaac's talking about, why is that? Why is the creative hook working? Like why? Why is that pattern interrupt technique? Why is that working? And how does that align with the offer itself? That's where you actually get repeat success. Otherwise, you can't. You don't understand why an ad's working. You'll have a very hard time replicating it, even if you just straight up rip the ad. That's true. Then you'll always be relying on ripping everyone's ads. Yeah. Ads also have a limited life cycle, too. Yeah. It's not going to work forever. That's true. Yeah. You you might rip it like as it's dying. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And and, and they might have an edge you don't know about. That's often the case, you know? Oh, sorry. I had a follow up to the budget question. The. You mentioned running video. Is there like a affordable video editor you would use or could recommend to people that have a limited budget but want to run video ads? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I use a wave.video. I actually bought a lifetime deal on that, so it was really cheap. Um, and I've heard from a few people, nvideo.io is good. In video? Yeah, yeah. I haven't used it myself. I told you I'm taking copious notes here because I'm going to go do this. <laughs> Oh yeah, so yeah, so wave.video has got free or like the cheapest I think is $16 a month if you need some of the more features they've got. Yeah, I'm not sure yeah. how much in-video costs. I don't think wave is that expensive though. Yeah, the, the in-video, I'm just on their site. Yeah, 15 bucks a month or free or unlimited for 30 bucks and so both of those are really affordable. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Yeah, cuz I know yeah, part of the complaints we hear from affiliates, right? It's like, oh, yeah, I thought this would be easy, but now I've got to pay for all this is hidden costs. It's like, well, hidden costs. <laughs> yeah, it's, like, it's like, not really hidden. It's just like if you don't want to learn how to code, right? right. <laughs> yeah, like you you're, you're, need... you're paying for a, a convenience service. Yes, you're paying for speed, right? Yeah, like for convenience. Yeah. So it's like, it's not, yeah, you don't need a video editor, but if you want to make videos somehow, like if you want to use iMovie on your Mac or something, yeah. it's like, yeah, you're probably going to need something that's a little more that you do have to pay for, right? Yeah. Or page builder or whatever it might be. So these businesses need to make money too, so they're going to charge you. But, okay, thank you. No, that was something um, that always pops up. Is there any for, for images? Do you run images or something? I imagine Canva is a popular yeah, tool. Canva, yeah, Canva, easy. Yeah. yeah. Nice. That's free. Which is like, I have paid on and off for Canva, I think it's like 13 bucks a month, something like that's pretty nominal. You can even do a free trial though. Like just try it out for the first like 14, 30 days, something like that. It won't cost you anything, but allows you to, utilize a tool that has like some paid images inside of it as well. Um, so we've kind of picked, all right, we've identified what's your traffic source and we have identified what tools are super important to you. I think a lot of affiliates get caught up on the next part, which is kind of like, how do I, how do I pick my offer? How do I pick what vertical? There's so many verticals I hear health, wealth, relationships, those all do really well. How would you approach picking a vertical on a limited budget? Yeah. So, Really, um, it, there's there's two main factors. Number one, you, you have to choose something proven. Um, and then if you have a limited budget, you, you ideally want to run something that is going to be a little more Facebook or ad platform friendly. Um, so, so try and balance those two. Um, it could be kind of hard because I guess the, the health offers are like the most proven on ClickBank. And... Facebook doesn't like those so much. Arguably the least compliant on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the most saturated for sure. Yeah. How do you how do you balance that? Like if you're looking at the ClickBank, let's say a new affiliate, I'm in ClickBank, listening to Johnny Notes on this podcast, and I'm looking at like the gravity score, the top ranking offers. Like how do you balance I guess the competition in a vertical versus I know these are good sellers because they're ranked high. Yeah. But there's also a bunch of affiliates pushing them. Like, does that factor into your decision there? Yeah. 
I don't I don't really see you know when I started out I was so worried about competition saturation but like those offers are just doing the best like regardless yeah. <laughs> who cares if everyone's running it it's still crushing uh, so I don't I don't think too much about saturation it's actually a good sign things are working yeah. Yeah, it's like why do you see like six gas stations next to each other right like, <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of people that need fuel. Yeah. <laughs> How many billions of people are on Facebook? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you can probably market to some of them where other people aren't. Yeah. Um, is there like a, do you chase any, when you look at price points or like com commissions you might earn, if you're starting with a limited budget, does that factor anything for you? Um, I mean, so you have more leverage. If, if the offer payout is higher, you have, you have more room to pre-sell before they get to the offer. If the, um, so sorry, if the offer payout's higher, you have more room to pre-sale. Well, okay. you basically yeah. have more room to get a higher EPC, right? Mm. So, so EPC is always, it's, it's based, you know, not just on how much the offer pays, but how much it converts, right? So you could have a, a lower price offer with a high EPC if it converts like crazy. Yeah. Um, so you're talking about earning per click for the earnings people per listening click, along. Right. Yeah. So when you're looking, so, okay, how do you back in that into the bill? So you're saying if I've, let's say I can make up to $100 per sale or something on this offer I'm looking at. So you're saying I can afford to have a higher earning per click when I'm looking at my stats? Yeah, so okay. so what I what I mean is um, on, a, on a lower priced, a lower payout offer, your, your, your earnings per click is kind of limited, I guess, because you can only, the how high will the CVR, will the conversion rate go, right? Like, versus like, if you could get the conversion rate high on a high payout offer, and you do that by pre-selling well before they get to the offer, you know, that is, uh, you have, you have a lot of leverage in doing that. The downside is though that it's more expensive to test higher price offers and get statistically significant data. Is that because it's going to convert at a lower rate typically? Uh, basically because to get, so if an offer pays you $150 versus another offer pays $30, mm -hmm. to get enough conversions on um, you know, what you're testing, like if you're testing different ads and seeing which one leads to the most conversions for an offer that's $30, it's five times cheaper than one that pays $150 to get the same gotcha. amount yep. of statistically significant uh, data. So would you recommend someone with, let's say I've got $1,000 and if I lose it all, I'm getting kicked out of the house. This is for a friend I'm asking. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, would you recommend I try a lower priced offer then that might pay a little lower because so I can get something, more run rate out of it. Something you could actually do to yeah. kind of get the best of both worlds. You can actually make pretty sound database decisions based off of lower events in the funnel, like right before purchase, initiate checkout. That's pretty high intent, right? And mm, if you could just okay. estimate, so on average, like in general, one out of three or four checkouts will turn into a sale. So from there, you could get statistically significant data on more expensive offers. Um, it won't be as accurate because it's checkouts. It's not a sale, but it'll be pretty close. You know, people that are, so that means they watch okay. the whole VSL. They hit add to cart. You know, it's up there. There's high intent. So you could get that data and make decisions off of that for cheaper. I see. So are you optimizing the pixel for that or are you just optimizing your gut on that? I would still optimize for purchase because gotcha. you still want okay. add your ads to deliver to people most likely to purchase. Yes. But then... You know, you, you could analyze, you, you know, you could just assume like one in three checkouts will be a sale. Average sale is this price. Do the math from there. Okay, I got um, four checkouts and two sales. Um, that basically means you got one and a third sale, you know, if you're. Yep. Uh, so 
that's how I go about it. If kind of limited <laughs> so and, and you want to test high, higher price offers. I made offers. third of a sale even though I haven't made any sales yet. You can kind of like yeah. back into like what's working. Okay. I like that a lot actually. Yeah. Is there, I'm sorry, jump in Kyle if I'm, I'm just my, painting a brain picture in my head, which is painful for some people, but is there, uh, I, I feel like affiliates give up too fast and stuff, especially new ones. Yeah. This isn't working. I've sent, you know, I've sent 50 clicks and there's no sales. This is a scam. It's like, well, Okay, that's probably not enough clicks. Like, <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah. I, yeah. What should people be looking at, like, for realistic expectations when they're sending traffic? Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, it really depends where your traffic is coming from. If you're sending, you know, Facebook traffic or, or paid ads, um, I mean, ideally, like, I mean, before complaining, like, like, I'm trying to think of like a good calculation because there's no mm -hmm. like concrete number, but I guess if you if you already sent like double the amount of clicks to what the offer pays out. Um, so that means oh, okay. your, your EPC would be below 50 cents. Yes. Um, that would kind of indicate it's probably not such a strong offer. Okay. And, but it could just be chance cause it's, it's still like not that many yeah. clicks. Like you could just have gotten unlucky, you know, just like you could send a hundred clicks and get a bunch of sales and have a $10 EPC and like, think it's going to crush. And what are some signs people should improve their ad or pre-lander creatives versus swapping out a new offer? Because I feel like people jump around from offers a lot when really it's like, maybe the issue is that your framing on this is way off. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So switch out. You mean just like test different landing pages, right? Well, I guess. Yeah. Cause I mean, or, or the messaging within, I mean like the spark community on discord and stuff. Um, but and like a lot of the newer affiliates in there kind of asking, it's like, Oh my gosh, this offer hasn't had any sales. Like, is the offer fatigued? And like, I look at the. It's like, no, that offer is selling like gangbusters still. Like, it's yeah. Like, no, <laughs> I, I mean, listen, if like, the, if the yeah. offer is still ranked at the top of the ClickBank marketplace, people are still doing millions in revenue on it. It's it's you know, and most likely, you know, everything's working for the offer, and it's it's either the your ad or lander that's messing up. Usually it's the ad, you know, because that's where that's the source of the traffic. So even if your lander is crappy, like if you have a very good ad, people will still click through a crappy lander. Like your ad is the biggest source of leverage. Gotcha. So yeah, I think this is, I, I like this. As soon as we're going to go into split testing a little bit, which I know you were chatting about kind of before, like where's your head at with the split testing component of it? Uh, if you, well, if you've got a limited budget, right? You're trying to make the most out of your efforts when you you are split testing, right? So uh, something that doesn't move the needle a lot, like we, we've talked about, right, is changing the color of your CTA. It doesn't move the needle nearly as much as split testing your headline um, or your ad copy, right, in order to get more people down the funnel. So I think you take your big swings and try and, if, if it doesn't have a chance to meaningfully improve commissions or conversions by like 30 plus percent, yeah. why I, even test it? If you I would do even budget? higher than... 30 percent yeah I, I i wouldn't even test like different headlines with the same messaging i would test completely different angles completely different messaging because because yeah yeah maybe you'll see like 10 20 30 difference but if you change the whole angle you could see 100 percent, 200 percent difference how do you, you balance, literally do three times better from one angle to another i think a lot of affiliates struggle with um paralysis by analysis to even get started but then once they have started they struggle with making decisions about declaring a winner or not right and you've talked mm -hmm. at length um privately about how just the more you do it you become more inclined to understand like if i declare a winner early i can generally speaking um 
be confident that I'm declaring the right winner. But how do you balance that when you're a beginner? Hmm. Like making a call to abandon a campaign so early based off of the data versus optimizing that campaign and trying to stick with it. Where's the balance? Yeah. Yeah. I think it really just depends on like, so, you know, you generally want to launch with like a scattershot approach, you know, completely different ads and angles and just see like, are any of them even close? Like, or are you just like so far from profitable? Are you spending a thousand dollars and you only got one sale, you know, on your best ad, you know, when you say, is it close? Are you thinking, is it, is break even? Is that your close point? It's pretty rare that, that you launch a campaign and it's break even. So that would be amazing. Um, <laughs> yeah, probably um, you'd ideally, if I had to put a number, you'd want to be, you wouldn't want to lose more than, than half your money, like spend a thousand, lose 500 kind of as a benchmark. Okay. But, but yeah, it, it is intuitive. Like you sort of have to, you know, like it's intuitive because you can look at the metrics and see like, like, okay, you know, my click through rate's really high. I'm getting cheap clicks. The reason it's not working is because my, my EPC is too low. So, you know, what if I can, and, and even if it's like really bad, like I'm still getting really cheap clicks. What if I could find like a better offer that fits this traffic better? So in that case, I wouldn't ditch a campaign that starts off really bad. If I could see that there's some point of leverage that I can change mm-hmm. that can turn it around. And so diving into that a little bit more, right, with split testing, um, if you're trying to make the most out of your budget, you it may not make the most sense for you to only test one thing at a time, whereas we normally preach that. Um, so if, if you're going to be trying to optimize efficiently to make the most out of your time and your money, what are your thoughts on how much you can split test at once? Because there is a point where it becomes too complex. Right, yeah. Or just well, too, too spread out, right? Your scatterplot could be... I'm getting a click a day for yeah. <laughs> campaign, right? It's like, oh. it's going to take me 30 yeah. days. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. so you have to, you don't want to have too many ads that for your budget, you won't be able to get statistically significant data, right? Like as many, you want to test as much as you can, but not too much that you'll be so spread out that and everything only has five clicks on it. Yeah. And then, oh, this ad got a sale. It must be the winner. No, it got five clicks. <laughs> it doesn't mean anything. Um, but it's got a thousand percent ROI. <laughs> <laughs> Scaling out to the moon. Yeah. It's, in, yeah. It's a false flag a little bit, right? Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. but also, you know, with a limited budget, you definitely want to focus on, on ads. Like, so landing page, like just, just make something good. Like just find what's working as far as the landing page and, and make something similar. And then your, your biggest point of leverage, use your budget on ads because actually your, your landing page click through rate is, is mostly dictated by the traffic that's sent to it more so than, than the lander itself is what I've noticed. Like, go, yeah, we'll explain that a little bit. So, yeah. So I've noticed bigger improvements in, in being able to improve the, the click through rate on lander by getting ads that just bring in a higher quality click into gotcha, the funnel yes. more Completely so than, agree. than testing yeah. different variations of landing pages. Uh, okay. Is there, so a you can improve your lander by improving your ads also. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, 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 and then also, that higher quality click will still carry over to the offer and the offer will convert. That's why your ad is your biggest point of leverage. 100% agree. We see it with email traffic too, where it's like a subject line versus the body will create drastically different results, right? It's like whatever that top lever is in the funnel, right. which is the headline or right, the image or the video. Exactly. Yeah. The subject is, is going to uh, attract a certain type of person mm-hmm. to click that email. But if that person isn't even remotely interested in, in what you're offering, it won't work. 
how if I've got so so don't look at let's say I've got eight hundred dollars left over after let's say nine hundred because I've spent some money on free trials and stuff or whatever it is for hosting things like that. Um, I can spend like maybe twenty five to fifty bucks a day to give me like a month run rate or so of like ads. Um, when I'm setting up my campaigns, like how specific am I getting on targeting? Like, am I like telling Facebook, like, I want to find these exact people? Am I going wide open with it? Is it somewhere in the middle? Yeah. So really it's, it's actually not the, the biggest thing. It doesn't make the biggest difference in the world. And it's, it's, I think people make it more complex than it is. Um, you, you really just want to have a couple ad sets, different interests in each. Choose demographics that make sense. If you're not sure, that is something you could split test. It's it's worth split testing demographics as well. Um, and and there's no there's no clear answer like you need to choose this exact interest. Like just choose like whatever seem like the three most closely related interests. So you do go to interest on Facebook. So you say, so okay. so, yeah. so I would for a new account, new pixel, right? Okay, gotcha. Um, yeah. Eventually, you want to just go broad. The, okay. the algorithm is so more efficient at that. And when you say broad, it'd be like U.S just age demographic? Yeah, yeah, just whatever countries and, and ages, gender. Yeah. But to start, you'd give it some interest just to help hone in a little bit so you're not... Exactly, yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah but you could also test, like, interest and broad, right? Sometimes broad does better right off the bat also, even on a fresh account. Gotcha. If you have a budget per day, like Thomas talked about, 25, 50 bucks, how many ads at one point in time would you be comfortable spreading that across? Depends on the vertical, actually, because the cost of ads will vary a lot per vertical. So the CPMs are higher, it costs more to get statistically significant data. Um, but also, then it also depends how long you run it for. So, so yeah, it, it, it just comes back to, you know, making sure you have enough data on each ad. So yeah, it might, you might have to let them run longer, right? If yeah, if, if it's, a, if it's a lower budget, or, yeah. or if it's more ads, you might have to run it for longer. So but yeah, it, it's always you just you have to have enough data to make sound decisions. And then, like we talked about, trying to take those big swings, right, to try and meaningfully move the needle on conversions. Um, one thing that sometimes I've, I've heard anecdotally from tons of different affiliates is that they test so many different things all at once. And now, and, and let's say they have two different ads. One of them is a clear winner over the other. And for them, identifying what made one a winner versus the other a loser can be challenging because they're, they've tested so many different things all at once and they don't necessarily know what led to a boost in, in performance. So how many different elements are you comfortable testing at once to not get too muddy in that area? Right. Um, I actually, I kind of, I, I, I like testing a lot of different, like complete multivariate tests. And you might not necessarily know, you know, is it because um, I have a different, Angle is because I have a different uh, creative, um, but who cares? Like, I just want to make money. Just <laughs> like, looking at the data. I've seen people just duplicate the same exact ad set with no changes, and one of those ad sets takes off. Really? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, it's yeah. Like, that's, that's the element of randomness for yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Facebook's like just starts serving that to a certain, like, oh, well, then that one starts running. But yeah. Which I'm sure does not add a lot of confidence to anyone listening to this than Facebook's ad platform, but it's, yeah, it's, like totally it's a world of chance. Yeah. It's monopoly. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Well, it's not really monopoly. You'll see. You'll see. Yeah, some ads repeatedly will do better, mm -hmm. but but yeah, you, you want to account for that element of randomness. Because uh, oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say when you were trying to make the decision, trying to make data driven decisions, what are some of the key metrics you're going to be looking at in order to identify 
what lever you should pull, what optimization you should focus on right. next. Yeah, so so you gotta it, you gotta just break it down, right? There's there's three main parts of the sales funnel: the ad, um, then the pre-sale page, and the offer. And so look at your me- metrics on each. You know, are your clicks really expensive? Um, like like overly expensive that I can never work? Okay, then you need to get that cheaper. Is it possible to, to like, you know, do you, do you see like real opportunity to test a completely different angle or something? Like, is that opportunity really there to get the cheap, uh, the, the cheap clicks, right? Or the clicks that are cheap enough, um, right? That's if it's clicks. And, you know, also like your, your landing page is, is a good metric for the quality um, of traffic your, your ad is bringing in, right? If, if you're bringing in, uh, really high intent traffic, your landing page is going to have a higher click-through rate. So, yeah, it doesn't even necessarily mean your landing page is bad. Like, if, if you, <clears throat> excuse me, if you have cheap clicks and your landing page click-through rate is really low, people will think, oh, my landing page is really bad and then test a million landing pages but only get an incremental increase. But really it's because, you know, maybe the messaging in your ad is bringing in type of traffic that isn't really that interested. So they're, you know, they're bouncing. Yeah. I've seen some people really optimize the wrong stuff. It's like, oh, I'm getting this great click-through rates on this, right? But if, A, they set up Facebook to send them clicks, not conversions, right? Yeah. right? <laughs> so it's like, well, <laughs> it's like they might want to look at that. And exactly, like the ads they're running are sending a very specific type of person and it's very interest-based versus intent-based, right? Like they're, yeah. They're like, oh, that looks interesting. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, they're just bouncing very quickly. So you're getting a very fleeting click versus. I mean, it could work if your if your clicks are cheap enough, right? Sure. Like, like yeah. even it's kind of native strategy, right? It's native. Right. You get. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah, it's it's an expensive thing to run on because you have to run a lot of volume on it. But if you look at like the stats, it almost looks like terrible stats compared to say Facebook because your clicks are so high and your conversions can be so low that you're just getting right. a mass amount of clicks. Right, yeah. At the end of the day, if your cost per click to the offer is lower than your earnings per click there on the go. offer, that's yeah. where you make money. So yeah. if you're getting some for cheap, even if the EPC is low, it's just higher than the cost. You know? <laughs> It'll work out, yeah. Are you running any, do you like run like Google Analytics on your landing pages just to like get different demographic insights into that data? No, it's, I just, just I, don't, I don't see it yeah. as 80-20, you know, it, yeah. because... Like you could do if you want to test demographics, just duplicate your ad. Yeah, you're just using the Facebook pixel data and just seeing yeah, just yeah. one ad set is you know 25 plus, one is 45 plus. Well, you probably want to duplicate it twice just to account for the randomness, and uh, that's it. Like, it's more work to set up Google Analytics. And, you know, <laughs> you just go fast. Yeah, I guess though, if you're trying to save money, uh, it it could help. Um, it could reduce. Oh, versus like another third party tracker. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah different split testing softwares and stuff. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I think, uh, what, Google Optimizer or something, the A-B split test tool they've got. Yeah, that's yeah. really good. That's really cool, yeah. Yeah, and it's and there's another one. I always forget it whenever I bring it up on the podcast. This is like the third time I've forgotten the name of this. It's like Microsoft has a hot jar competitive. Microsoft Clarity. Mm. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Microsoft Clarity. It's a hot jar competitor, so you can get, like, heat map stuff. Yeah. It's all free. Yeah. That stuff is cool, um, but I feel like unless you're – really running this campaign for like a really long time, you know, it's, it's not going to make the big, you'll, you'll get 10, 20, 30% improvements by, you know, being able to see, you know, what, which parts of the page have the most activity. Um, all, all the insights that yeah. gives you, I feel like 
for, for the amount of time, I don't even use it. I think that's really good insight, though, because I think that analysis paralysis can factor in. Because we're looking for like, oh, these little lifts. They think it's a big lift, like 20%, 30% sounds like a lot. But when you could be having, like you're looking for a 100 to 200% lift. Yeah, for sure. It's like that's pennies, right? That's right. not going to make a difference. Yeah, because if, if you're only looking for such a small lift, it only really makes sense if, if you have like this dialed in funnel that you, you're running for yeah. a long time and you, you anticipate it will keep running. So yeah, then improving 10% will make a huge difference for you. But for that same time, you can launch a whole new campaign, <laughs> right? That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, then it's definitely wasting some time doing that, right? It's like, oh, how can I improve here? But really, it's like, oh, no, I should just be focusing top of the funnel probably and trying to improve there. I think page tracking software is great for data perspective, right? Hotjar, Lucky Orange, Microsoft Clarity, Mouseflow, all of, all of them are really good data inputs because it gives you the ability to be able to see, um, just like what you're talking about, Thomas, is my assumption correct? Like, mm -hmm. where, where are people dropping off on my page? Generally speaking, anything below the fold is probably where you're going to see your percentage start to, to really decrease. Um, but as Isaac's been talking about, like, it's about looking at your data fully so that you can try and identify, like, where is your, maybe not even bleeding neck necessarily, because that was probably, you don't have any ads that are performing, yeah. it's probably your bleeding neck. Uh, but where should I be focusing my efforts next in order to, like, make the most yes. out of my time and effort? Right. Yeah. And in this journey that we've gone on, right, we've gone from picking traffic source to picking the offer, identifying what tools are, are most useful. Uh, so as, let's say, you're starting to make money now, um, perhaps your, your budget is, you've gone as low as 400 bucks, and then after you've gotten some payouts, you've gone back up to, you know, 550-ish range, something like that. Now that you've got some money coming in, your ads are starting to convert and make you money, where are you going to be focusing on using that capital next? Yeah, I mean, if, if it's working, definitely just put it back in ads for sure, as much as you can. And if it's really working, use credit also. I was going to say you joked about that yesterday, but weren't really joking. Where no. You were like, take out a, that's where you start digging into credit and take out a loan from your, your mom and like <laughs> everything you can, you yeah. can do a winning ad. Yeah, like for sure. If you have this machine that you built where you're putting a dollar in and getting $2 out, why would you not put as many dollars as you possibly can? Because At least want, until the machine yeah. breaks, you know, and and Rolex. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, you can yeah. buy a Rolex, but, of course. <laughs> but it does make sense to reinvest back in, but as I mean, you do have to cover the bills a little bit too. Do, do you have any? When you were starting out, did you take any percentage? Just like, just keep it for yourself, like pay yourself a bit, or you just kind of? I used so like yeah. When I was first starting to like scale my mm -hmm. first campaigns, I ran out of money all the time, and it just sucked because like, I would have this machine. I like to call it like a machine I build making money. Yeah. <laughs> money factories. <laughs> <laughs> These systems where you could yeah. put a dollar in and you're the Fed chairman out. just typing more yeah. money, please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, it's incredible. It's, yeah. So so yeah, so I would run out and it really sucked. Um, um so yeah, I, I borrowed money from my my brother gave me some money like when I ran out on my first campaign. Um yeah, it's you know, listen, if you have something working, you, you have this money printing machine, basically, because you tested it and you, you created it. Yeah, like, why, why would you not put all the capital you have? And, and then, you know, when it stops working, now you have a much bigger nest egg uh, for testing and for cash flow for scaling your next campaigns. So your primary focus is going to be reinvesting into more traffic, right? Take the majority of that profit, put it back into ad spend, because 
you still got a winning a winning offer that's making you more money. Yeah, yeah. As much as you can. Obviously you still need to eat food and you know Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, pay the rent, yeah. Rolex fund. Yeah. Rolex so, fund, yeah. 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 BMW doesn't buy itself. No, it's uh but the I joke a little bit because I see the media buyers that I blow up and then that's like yeah. <laughs> they get all flashy and then now they're just hustling to afford the credit card if not paid off. Yeah. Um is pay there off the Lamborghini rental fee? Yeah. <laughs> uh I'm curious, like when you started out, did you have any mental blockers going into running your first ad? And I asked this a little bit because um, I spoke at the summit that was kind of a room of people that be kind of listening to this. They, they, they wanted to run Facebook ads. Some of them had been like 80% of the room hadn't run an ad yet, but they wow. bought a course on how to run ads and they right. went to the summit all about running right, ads. Right. And most of them hadn't. I was shocked. I was like, I yeah. thought everyone here was running ads, even if it's just a little bit, but then most hadn't. Yeah, just no, I, I was the yeah. same way. Like for, yeah. for literally like, I think I was studying how to run ads for like four months, mm-hmm. literally for like months before ever running ads. I was just like, cause like I had a limited budget and you know, I, I had this mindset that like I needed to make my money work and you know, it, it wasn't the best mindset cause you really, you have to learn by testing money. You have to be willing to, to lose some money. Yeah. Um, cause you know, you, you can't expect yourself to be, really skilled at this art and this skill without ever doing it before. And you can't really learn it just by watching videos. You know, you, you have to put your money in. So that's, that's tough. That's a very common uh, mindset blocker for beginners, myself included. And then even when I did start running ads, I was like spending like $5 a day or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think so, was when I started running ads, I was like, it was like, yeah, $5 a day. And it was like, just wasn't getting any data. So I was like, Okay, yeah, I'll try 25. <laughs> I was like, yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was also optimizing for link clicks because you know, more data. I, I thought, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I thought that was the best thing ever. <laughs> um, but but yeah, that's that's really the biggest thing, you know. Um, so it's it's tough, but you you have to have the mindset of, of being willing to spend money on ads. And you mentioned like losing, like you have to be okay with losing money. Do you? actually look at it as losing money or for people talk about like investing in data and try to look at it as an investment it, to right. you, does that hold water to you or is that just kind of like a nice way of saying lose money? <laughs> no, I, yeah. I really do believe in it. It, it is, it is buying data. Like Facebook does not promise you results. Yeah. They promise to deliver your ads to people for money and they're telling you how much it costs and you could turn your ads off at any time and they're giving you data. They're giving you feedback and it's, it's in your control to make the changes from there. So yeah, really all you're buying for certain is ad placement and, and data, right? And if the metrics aren't where they need to be, you know, that's up to you to fix it. And the data is valuable because, you know, you, you launch three ads, oh, this one does the best. Maybe I can make more similar to this. Now you run another test, the similar one to that one, maybe it's the same angle, but the more, an intention grabbing uh, creative. Uh, so now the messaging is good and the CTR is higher. Um, and now you're, you kind of just, let's say you started off negative uh, 25%. Oh, now you're negative 10% with this improvement. And you only know that because you purchased the data from Facebook. You purchased, Facebook's telling you that this ad does better. You wouldn't know that by like, just guessing or like taking a survey or something you, you I guess maybe a survey would tell you something, but it's, mm-hmm. there's no more accurate data than 
on what's going to do best on ads than running ads and seeing what does best on ads. <laughs> yeah. That, I like what Kyle said earlier too is asking yourself that why question, right? It's like, why is this ad out converting the other and really trying to learn what that data, because you are spending money on it, right? It's like, what am I learning from this? In this For moment? sure. And why yeah. is this happening when I change this? You definitely want to think that. about that. Yeah. yeah. You want to understand why your ads are working and why some are not working so you can double down on what works. Yeah. And Stop doing what doesn't. And what I love too is like if you are getting some sales here and there, and if even if you're not profitable, which you know some of the people at chime is like, oh, they always talk revenue, no one talks profit, right? It's like yeah, maybe these people aren't like always profitable when they're starting out, especially with like a thousand dollar budget. But if it if you're not even break even, if you said you know fifty percent ROI or ninety percent ROI, like it cost you in that case two hundred fifty bucks to run those ads instead of five hundred, or it cost you. 90 of the $100 because you made 90 back instead of 100. So it's like it only costs you 10 bucks to run that ad campaign. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, so yeah. Like, you're, you're never really going to lose like everything unless your ads are god awful. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. like you'll you'll always like get some percentage that, back. That's, yeah, that's where honestly that's when I think that's the biggest confusion I had when I was starting. And I, to be clear, I don't run ads right now. This is like when I was starting as an affiliate manager and stuff. I just kind of want to learn how to do it. Um, it was like when to pull the plug on a campaign versus right. let it ride. Cause they, like, Oh, you have to let the pixel get data. You got to let it like get enough data. I'm like, I am not a believer in that philosophy. Okay. Like yeah. anytime I've ever had something work, it showed promise. Like, or, or I've never had like, I've never ever had something that's like not close to working and I just let it run and it starts working ever. Like, <laughs> yeah, maybe it, it will get, the pixel will get smarter. But like you you'll waste money. Like 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 listen, it's one thing if it's break even, of course, let it run, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, if it starts working, it's great. Free data. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean if something's obviously losing to just let it run and just hope that the pixel is gonna fix it, it's not gonna fix it. It won't start working. Right. So throw out a turn it off and, different split and, test. And, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Throw up throw up some new some new ads or test a new offer. Yeah. Yeah. I think the strategy side of this, right, from identifying your um, the vertical you want to choose in your traffic source and figuring out how you're going to reinvest your capital in order to make the most of your time uh, has been amazing. And I think what brought up an amazing point is that anecdotal story you shared about with the amount of people who don't drive an ad. So I'd love to spend a minute talking about how you would coach a beginner affiliate on mindset to help prepare them for ads. Like, they can never fully... Uh, eliminate the risk of potentially losing money, right? They can do the best they, they can to mitigate that risk. But what would your advice be to a newbie affiliate who's like got everything else set up? They've already identified all these same things. They understand the data points you're talking about and how to view it, but they still haven't gotten started and they're still dealing with a mental blocker to get over that. Yeah, so you really just have to have some money set aside. Uh, you know, this is my dedicated money for ad spend. And... This, this is the money I'm using to buy data, right? Not necessarily to make money back, right? Like a, a lot of beginners have the mindset of just like needing this to work. Like I, I don't recommend that at all because yeah. th that's just gambling, right? Like just go to the casino, right? Because most likely you're not going to just print money right off the bat, yep. right? That's just hoping for luck. So thank you for saying that. Yeah, I think that's strong. As you see, these people desperation. It's like it's yeah, probably not the right the, minds. Don't to totally. don't yeah. don't start it in desperation because that's gambling, and most gamblers lose, right? Like really, yeah, statistically, all gamblers lose. <laughs> yeah, <it's> like, <laughs> yeah, the house. Yeah, no, the, yeah. The, I mean, listen, yeah. there's a chance. Like you could just hit a monster campaign. Like 
your first hundred bucks, like thousand percent ROI, like the chance is probably less than one percent if you don't know what you're doing and you're yeah. just spending. You are the one percent of the one percent. The point one percent. Potentially the one percent from there. Like, uh, yeah, it's super rare. <laughs> yeah. That yeah. So, so you really have to have the mindset of of buying data, right? Not necessarily making money on that. You know, if you're lucky, you'll make money on it. Very unlikely if you're a beginner. And you know, like even for me, like most campaigns I launch start off negative, right? And for most affiliates I know, like you have to optimize. So yeah, yeah. And I mean, keep in mind, you know, there's there's asymmetric risk, right? You you might lose money now, but once you hit one campaign, you know, it'll make back your losses and a lot more. The the upside is pretty much unlimited. The downside is capped. Well, you you cap the downside. It it can be unlimited losses, but you have the <laughs> you, you should be able to tell when something's obviously not going to work and and turn it off. Yeah, right? shorts right. on Tesla. Here we go. <laughs> okay, I love how precise yeah. that view is, though. Yeah, it's so matter of fact, and cause, like for for people who are so factual and not you know based off of like feelings or emotion, they're based off of fact. That's a great way to view that. Uh, and man, we could talk about this literally day um at some point we have to let isaac get back to his life so thomas do you have any other last questions you want to ask isaac pick his brain on this as we kind of wrap up i guess if you could change anything going back to when you were starting knowing what you know now what would that be i would say i would put more of an emphasis on networking and and really figuring out what's working for other people um because like that's really that's such a fast track. Like you could skip so many mistakes. So so yeah, for me, like, you know, I like I, I was saying before, you know, when I was running Facebook ads, I was doing link clicks at first, right? And and I ended up buying this Facebook ads course and I found uh I found some mentors in there. Um and one one of my mentors He's like, dude, you got to optimize for conversions. And so like right off the bat, just because I knew this guy and he told me to optimize for conversions, like that, that made a huge difference. Like just switching from optimizing from link clicks to conversions. And I wouldn't have known that, you know, it might've taken me six months more to figure that out. So networking and, and becoming friends with people that are on a higher level than you is, is really like, that's just huge for, for growing faster. Man of my own heart, 100% agree. Is there like, so you started with, you bought a course, I mentioned there's a community aspect to that. And you yeah. had some, so there's that aspect of networking. You could go that way. What other ways have you networked that you've resonated with? Yeah, I'd say like probably the most effective way is going to conferences, like the mm -hmm. affiliate summits. It's really great to meet people in person. And then, yeah, just groups. Um, and, you know, usually affiliates like to introduce themselves to each other. It, it is tough when you're starting out because you're kind of totally out of it. Um, so just join groups that you can. And, you know, you, you don't want to come across as like needy and like, like expecting people to help you, like, like while giving no value, you know. So I lead with value. And I'd say we've covered this in some other podcast episodes, too, like how to network if you're not used to it and like how to add value to a room that you're kind of new at. So. We'll try to link to some of those in the show notes and things like that. But 100% networking can just be an amazing door. And I'd say, too, it's almost like 80% of the people don't even run an ad who are interested, right? Probably more than that. Like, most people don't start the weight loss journey, whatever it is. Most people don't even start. So even if you just show up to the conference, <laughs> you're yeah. already so much further ahead. And I've seen that happen. Like, people are like, I'm just here because someone told me to be, and I don't know what I'm doing yet. It's like, cool, what do you want to do? Like, like, yeah. They just get so much higher level of Oh, for sure. Advice, yeah, jump, right? jump right yeah. in, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think the... 
I've been amazed at how willing people are to share in this space and just kind of help people out who are willing to put themselves out there and try new things. Yeah. For sure, yeah. Well, um, listen, from the game plan that Isaac has talked about, how his approach uh, from hearing it firsthand from a savvy marketer and uh, his approach and what he would do if he was in your shoes, I mean, I don't know how you get more actionable in terms of concepts and real steps you can take than this. So, Isaac, thank you so much, man, for taking time to be on this podcast. You absolutely crushed it on the stage today as well. Thank really you. appreciate you flying out here to be on this with us. Um, thank you so much to the audience. Uh, if you are listening to this podcast on whatever channel, really, please like, subscribe, rate, review, whatever those processes are. Um, <laughs> Hit the buttons below <laughs> whatever you're watching time. this on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then uh, thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll look forward to seeing you in the next one. Thomas, what's our sign-off? Happy scaling. But I did want to ask, is there anything that you've got going on that you'd like to share with everybody? And then if anyone can follow you on social media or anything like that, do you post anywhere? Oh, that's a tough one. I no, that. that's fine. A lot of people like to say <laughs> um, no, So I, 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 made, yeah. I made this email for, because we just spoke at the summit. Mm -hmm. um, I just spoke at the summit right before this podcast. Um, I just made Isaac, I-S-A-A-C, summit, contact at gmail.com. I was kind of afraid I would get spammed like, if I gave my personal email. Because um, yeah. there was like a ton of people <laughs> watching that. So, yeah. yeah, I guess that'll be a good a good contact info also. We'll put that in the show notes. So it's Isaac dot. It was just Isaac Summit contact. Nice. Okay. Yeah. That's hacky. A, I like a, it. a lot of uh, names were taken. <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised there wasn't like a 14 or something, some random number yeah. in there. I'm just curious, is there anything like for people, is there anything that like you're looking for? Are you looking to hire anybody? Are you looking to like, are you looking for different people to contract with? Like, is there anything you're looking for right now that? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, that's a good point. Um, I'm, I'm looking for people that are creative to help more with ads, right? So someone that's people that are naturally, um, kind of naturally could think for themselves in terms of coming up with angles and um, being able to do some market research and see what's working and make similar things. And then just kind of has that natural talent for design. So I'm looking for that. And then people that are good at operations also, that's my weakest skill. Operations. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I More of a creative type. You yeah, need somebody I, to complement that. Right, right, right. I you think want someone I'm, to run the creative ad team. You want someone else to take care of the operational piece. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. someone that can help with that. And What kind of operations do you need help with? Is it like, a, like what's like the day-to-day -day of your business right now? You know, I, I, I've, it's been tough because I, <laughs> I've been trying to figure out, like, what do I spend my time on? Yeah, no, good, I actually, yeah. actually I spent some time recently, like, just writing down, like, what do I do? <laughs> um, like what what takes up my time yeah and that's a good it's it's process. basically it came down to three main things uh actually four main things um managing ads and and setting up that stuff um managing my email list i do email as well um talking on skype and thinking of decisions um those are really that's what takes up most of my time so i do feel like you know i i do i do want to um create like better systems for the mailing stuff I do. And yep. that's kind of an operations personality, which is why I feel like it's kind of my weaker strength. So I don't know if, if anyone would be a good fit for that perhaps, yeah. but I'm, I'm not even quite sure what I'm looking for on that. end. so no, it's hard for I me think to, it's great to put out there in the universe. So no, it sounds like the other managing ads piece and the email piece are things that you could processize and get someone kind of taking the majority of that off your plate. 
and keep the things we're really good at in your plate. So awesome. Yeah. So that was Isaac summit contact at gmail.com. Yeah. You could have definitely picked a better name. <laughs> I like it's it. In, it's in, you know, it'll be there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, yeah. Well, thanks Isaac for coming out and spending time on the podcast and for the ClickBank summit. Um, yeah, it's great to sit down and chat with you. Awesome. I really appreciate you guys having me. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in today. Isaac, thank you so much for joining us. Um, please remember to like, subscribe, rate, review, all of that good stuff. Thomas, sign us off. Man. Happy scaling, everybody. Thank you, Isaac. Thank you guys so much.